No, love to hear it. And that's exactly what, what we intend to do, right? It's, we're more than just barbers. And I'm not saying that we're just barber therapists or whatever. Just know that we're more than just barbers. We're still human beings. And we want to give you not just the best experience, but we want to elevate your life in some way, shape, or form. All right, what's up, guys? Vince and Danilo here from Adventures Within Media. Hope you guys are doing well. Um, yeah, so the weather has been changing. You know, it's been getting warmer and warmer. We just came out of, uh, for those of you in Winnipeg here, we just came out of a, uh, a winter vortex, an Arctic vortex here. So it's been pretty cold for the last few weeks, but uh, it's heating up. And uh, Danilo and I have been uh, able to... Uh, finally get out and enjoy the the trails and get some runs in or how how do you like the run this morning d hey so this is like i think our uh second consecutive run in a while uh, in a row ever since we survived the big deep freeze uh but we happened to pick one day that uh it decided to go minus like way past minus 20 uh so we nearly froze several body parts off but uh we survived and we're good true, <laughs> it was true. a good pump as usual but we're, we're yeah we made it <laughs> yeah yeah and i mean with that also fortunately due to the kind of the decreased numbers that we've had in terms of covid cases um things have been opening up here so restrictions are slowly loosening up and with that uh both of both of us have actually been able to uh, get some haircuts um so i don't know you look pretty fresh after yours um, I don't know how you felt after yours, but mine had it had been what three months since I had gotten a haircut, so it felt pretty good. Uh, yeah, complete transformation after you got <laughs> yours, man. Actually, um, I I got mine like red hot hot off the gates, like as soon as like you could kind of see second or second or first person. Uh, as soon as the restrictions kind of loosen a little bit, I got my haircut right away. So I'm actually getting getting to the point where like, I almost need another haircut, right? But I just watched Vince get his, and uh, it was like night and day. Like the guy came off the chair, and I was like, "Who is this guy?" You know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, to be honest, it felt really good um, getting a haircut, and uh, you know, it's it's something we don't necessarily talk about a lot in regards to like mental health and how just a simple haircut can really have an impact on someone's life and how you feel about yourself and uh, uh, luckily today uh, we're going to be able to speak to the man himself the guy who gave me my haircut my first haircut in three months um, and we're going to be able to get some of his insights in regards to his perspective as a barber as someone who has an impact directly on the community with the community and uh kind of hopefully get some some of his thoughts on uh, on mental health and how he sees he's it from his perspective so uh i will be introducing you guys uh, and welcoming him to the podcast uh marvin barillo hey what's up you guys name is marvin hey, welcome, man. and uh welcome happy to be here thanks for having me yeah no thanks for joining us uh you know we had a little bit of a, a hectic start to the podcast but uh glad you're joining it's us all good cool yeah um so obviously no one well i mean probably more people know you than either danilo and i since you know you work at a barber shop <laughs> as kind of like the the local spot to get a lot of connections for sure but um how about uh how would you share a little bit about your background and uh, how you came up the highlights um and what you're doing right now oh man i tell my clients this like pretty often actually like you'll you probably get a client every day at least new clients who say Oh, how would you start barbering? Oh, how would you start this? How would you start that? And then I'm, I'm going to go through the same spiel. So I've, I've been barbering professionally for about, mm, I'd say, give or take two to three years now. Um, just like any barber, I'd say 99% of, of barbers have started in either a, a basement or a washroom. And that's exactly where I started. Um, my friend is actually one of my best friends who's my client right now. He's actually um he's the one who got me into barbering and how to cut hair and everything he showed me the youtube videos and all of that and i just decided that it was pretty cool and take it professionally um so in the end i just ended up asking family friends let me cut your hair let me do this let me do that i was really bad at it but i mean that if i were if i wasn't to be that person before then i wouldn't be this yeah, person today 
so to say. Um, mm. But yeah, now I'm working at MBS um, since December 14th, 2019. And I went to hair school to, to get, you know, official, get my, my apprenticeship. And now I'm actually able to take my Red Seal test very soon. Um, but yeah, otherwise it's it's been pretty great. And I think there's no slowing down when it comes to barbering. Wow, you've only been doing this for two, three years. That's that's pretty impressive. Like I would say like I've been doing videography and photography for probably five years now. And I, I don't want to compare success or anything, but the fact that you're already like having clients come in, you know, you're impacting people's lives on like a daily, if not like weekly basis. Um, I think that's pretty powerful. powerful. I guess I should also correct myself. Like the the time where you know you, you spend your time in like the washroom in the basement i guess that's an accumulation of some years as well because although you're not doing it professionally you're still doing it technically so maybe it's one client every month or two months or whatever but i guess you can still count it as experience if you ask me fair fair and i mean yeah, uh, you mentioned, you know, you were some of your friends and family, you were kind of cutting, cutting their hair and asking them, you know, can I cut your hair? And they were trusting you with it. Um, and I'm sure like that's a whole process in its own. And um, you're probably super grateful for those people because uh, without them, I mean, you wouldn't necessarily be here today. I don't want to put words in your mouth or anything. But uh, yeah, I'm curious what, what got you into barbering? Like what got you into cutting hair? Oh, man. So when i was a wee lad <laughs> i <laughs> used to go to magic cuts i used to go to anywhere that was the cheapest and for the the people that grew up in the west end they know they know what connie's is they know what chorito salon is they know yep, what yep um Absolutely. you know like they know what um tn hair salon you know they know all of those places then for for those people that they, they charge 10 15 sometimes 20 bucks and it's just an in and out experience and you get a pretty decent haircut something that'll last you for a couple of weeks few weeks but for me it was like three months because that's how neglectful i was with my hair um like if i'm gonna be honest i i used to get a number three on top with like a one on the side that's like what the helmet right like it's freaking <laughs> wow. weird it's weird but I guess in relation to why I wanted to become a barber is because it wasn't necessarily the haircut that always drew me to the barbershop. It was the experience. And for me, like my barber is um, currently one of the owners at MBS. Um, I, I went to him and then from then we, we just connected because we were really, we were really close um via online gaming and i didn't know that he worked at the place that he was working at and from then on like he was always so so friendly so nice and he would always treat me with such professionalism yet treat me so friendly um and he knew where to um where to draw the lines of are we online friends or are we are we real life friends and all in all it was it was just a great experience for me to want to come back for more and more and more and talk to him more and more and more and more and for me i wanted to replicate that to my clients i want to replicate that for my friends my family to kind of leave a name on this world in that sense so mm. that's kind of my my take on why i wanted to become a barber mm. that's awesome i think that's well, I think that's really cool. And having not really grown up with barbershops, you know, I definitely didn't necessarily go to Connie's or anything, but uh, it was definitely more of a kind of in and out experience. I used to get just a buzz cut um, after three months, kind of like you. And uh, it was kind of a, a small town scenario. So uh, the lady would cut everyone in the town kind of thing. Um, so it's interesting that even from that, you were attracted to the experiences probably later on when you connected um, with uh Devin, who is actually also one of my barbers, you know, so shout exactly. out to Devin if yep. you're listening and everyone at MBS, um, because I think that the the environment that you guys have created at MBS is is quite powerful. I think that it, you know, it really shows it really shows the amount of effort and 
care that you guys have for the community you know one thing that i really admired about everyone at mbs is that they weren't in it for the money you know they weren't in it just to make make the fame make it pop, make it big make it pop and you know they they really care about the community and i think that that that's super super important yeah and it's 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 good that you mentioned like we never none of us did it for the money because you know why i be wanted to become barber i didn't say anything with anything financial yes it may be a struggle and i'm sure we'll talk about that uh later on but that's definitely not the number one driving force as to why i want to become a barber mm -hmm. fair fair uh i definitely feel like uh you know when you're in a barber shop like uh you know the experience the actual experience of being in a barber shop is super important i mean like i've been in several barber shops mbs saints is one of them uh <coughs> i've had a lot of <laughs> excuse me holy crap <coughs> I've had a lot of experiences, like actually, where uh, I felt like the um, the let's say the aura or the atmosphere was really intimidating. You know, it's like, uh, but I, I remember my ex specific experience at MBS. Like, you know, I wasn't there last time I was there. I wasn't even getting a haircut. I was just watching Vince, uh, you know, getting a haircut. But everybody was super friendly. Uh, everybody made sure to say bye, um, you know, on their way out, that sort of thing. And um, you know, it really kind of like adds to the whole relationship the kind of family dynamic of uh what a barbershop will welcome you in as like uh, which i really appreciate because i mean at the end of the day man like your barber is like uh in control of a lot of aspects of like your life like you know what you're gonna look like whether or not you're gonna be able to land a date you know that sort of thing exactly. right so exactly. um you know i often feel like uh with my chosen barber if i get a cut somewhere else i feel like i'm cheating on my barber if i get a cut uh, with somebody who's not a, who's not my primary barber kind of thing right so you know in, in a weird way your barber is kind of like family in the pl and when you're go over, going over to their place getting your cut you're among your family's place you know what I mean so that's that's exactly. kind of how I feel about like the environment like uh, how environment kind of like really adds to the experience you know what I mean yeah yeah um, personally there's one good memory that I had MBS when you guys had just opened up Emmer I walked in and everyone was like hey and it was just like a big party everyone was you know uh i don't know if i should say this here but everyone was a little having a little bit of hennessy here and there uh yet yeah. you guys had a couple of bottles yeah, yeah. laying around so i figured you know there's a couple of bottles that had been consumed uh throughout um some said time uh period of time but um yeah it's just always uh awesome going into mbs and like danilo mentioned everyone's really kind so i think that's one of the reasons why i go back um, every time, uh, uh, just to add one thing, I remember, uh, I was at the MBS opening actually, uh, because, uh, one of my friends, uh, one of my friends, uh, his, uh, his girlfriend works there and, uh, she was, she's another barber of mine. Uh, it's cam. And yeah, I remember, uh, waiting for my haircut. The guys over there were playing 2k. Uh, like there's there's a PlayStation by the way, just like in the waiting area. They welcome me to play, and I'm just like, yeah, sure, let's go at it. I suck at it, but like, let's go. You know, that, that, <laughs> that sort of stuff is just like you're literally coming into somebody's house. You know what I mean? Uh, fun fact. Um, I don't know if I should be saying this, but I'm <laughs> the king of 2K at the shop. Oh, just yeah, at, just just to add that. Yo, everyone at MBS <laughs> is going to hate you for this. Everyone at MBS. <laughs> but here's the thing. Here's the thing. So we make jokes, right? We're like, oh, you should enter a tournament. And people are like, you know the tournament? You know what the tournament should be? There should be an entry, like an entry uh, cost. If you can beat Marvin, you take you take the, the pot. That's that's what we joke around about sometimes. That's and literally it. <laughs> Like, wow. it, it's, it's something like that it's like always like oh marvin got this or so, something like that like maybe i'm tooting my own horn but like from my, what i'm hearing that's normally what i'm hearing <laughs> <laughs> just just watching the comment section everyone from mbs is just like hey whoa <laughs> add me add me yeah. add me, <laughs> add me, add me. <laughs> uh, that's hilarious but yeah it's, it's hilarious how you guys are so competitive i still remember when you guys were in that little uh, attic like area across the temporary yeah that temporary spot and you guys were so on adamant Albert. yeah on like so competitive <laughs> and i'm just getting a haircut and i'm like it's hard yeah. not to get into the moment but yeah uh that's hilarious that's awesome um not to uh to change the topic too drastically um but i kind of want to chat about you because one of the things that we got talking about just when you were cutting my hair was you know like as a barber you know i go 
to you for a haircut. You know, I go to the barber for a haircut. Right. And personally, I feel like I've been very blessed in my life to have good barbers. So before I was getting my haircut by Holly at VQ. Um, and then Devin, I bumped right. into him when he was at Saint and then followed him across to uh, FFO. And then, yeah, I followed you guys over to uh, MBS. And, um, you know, whenever he wasn't available, uh, he would uh, let me know that you'd be available and kind of slot me in that way. And then, you know, I kind of saw the value in both you guys. But regardless, um, mm. the barber has a big impact on your life, I find, because, you know, even though you're just getting a haircut, there is conversation that's going to arise regardless, unless you just don't want to talk. But um, I'm curious to see from your perspective, what what do you think your role or how do you see being a barber from that aspect, like the social aspect of it um, is, you know, well, first things first is I remember I remember that day when Devin's like, can you cut Vince? And I was nervous because I was just freshly graduated out of school. I I was barely getting clients outside of, of school. So already right there, there's, there's a tension because it's like, oh man, am I going to like, because I have to kind of deal with what's going on in my head it's like am i going to be as good as devin or how does he do this how does he do that things like that but all things aside um when it comes to social interaction and like how i kind of view it or approach it is just be yourself like i think the number one thing is people really try to mask who they are um when it comes to meeting new people um i've learned the hard way that you don't always have to have a wall up um, when you're meeting new people. You don't always have to shut people out. You know, be open, be friendly. Like when I saw that I was cutting you, I I had a, a sense of comfort as well as the stress because oh. you were one of our regulars, and already on that aspect, I can kind of work off of what you've already given us. So, when you think about it, mm, you kind of just have to, you, you kind of just have to, uh, how do you say this? When in school, we're trained to talk um, to our client via consultation and then just basic conversation. How's the weather going? Um, how's your ride here? Was it easy to book? Things like that. Mm -hmm. um, but then you start to realize when you get into the industry, you can, you can push a little deeper, you know, you can, you can get into the, how's the family, you know, you can get into the, um, the nitty gritty of what do you do for a living? And you can relate because you can relate to what they do for a living because there's so many people that come into the shop that with a different story and it's like, Oh, Hey, like I, I know a person that does that. Let me share an experience that they had. Maybe it could help you or maybe it's interesting mm. to you. So, the social interaction part is it for me it really came second nature because I, f I find that i don't really have trouble talking to other people what i do find though is that people have trouble talking to me because i've had a lot of people tell me that i'm at first glance really intimidating i have a resting bitch face and i don't know if that's true i don't know if, if um if that holds any truth to it but that's what i've been told but that's that's my take on it. Uh, I got a question for you. You mentioned kind of like uh, earlier in what you were talking about that you learn the hard way, like that you got to be more open. What do you mean by that you learn the hard way? So this is kind of going back into my past, like when don't want to get too deep into like how like I was affected, but essentially you meet people and they're so easy to to take what they want from you in terms of mm. like maybe it be advice or you know they they basically they take everything how do you say um that could help them so that they can be on top of you and that oh, kind of hurt me kind of deal right so that's that's for me saying i learned that the hard way that opening up can hurt but it doesn't always have to be a hurtful right. experience or a negative experience right right and would you say that's a, that's something that you learned as a result of like being becoming more social through like uh you know school and barbering and all that stuff 
A hundred percent, yeah. Um, because, you know, growing up, I, I would say that I was fairly outspoken. Um, mm. I didn't really grow into um, to being so outgoing until I really found the confidence to do so. Um, but then again, it's it's to say, where did I find that confidence, right? And from that, it's it's a lot of just trial and error and, and different experiences, meeting new people and, you know, trying different things right like maybe one day i was i just decided fuck it let let me just let me just be who i want to be and hey. not let anyone else decide who i should be that's Eesh. yeah that's and that's super powerful just in terms of like seeing it from your perspective because when we walk into a barbershop you know um, I feel like there's definitely the people who walk in there like, okay, just like get my haircut done. You know, they literally don't care anything about you or your life. Um, but like mm -hmm. I walked in, I remember and uh, Devin was cutting my hair at FFO and you were just sitting on the side, like watching. And I remember I was asking you questions and I was like, Hey, like, like, yep. how'd you, you know, what's your name? Like, what do you, what do you do kind of thing? Cause yep. I'm more interested in people's stories. And one thing that you you kind of shared last time we were there was something super interesting which i had never heard about but you had mentioned something about how barbers are like the first line of doctors like they've in the past they've been considered as doctors yeah um i don't know if you want to a little bit elaborate on that yeah so a little brief history lesson here um <laughs> barbers um around the medieval to the mid middle age time, they were considered barber surgeons um, at the time. So basically same as you see today, you can go into a barbershop, get your beard trim, get a haircut, cool. But that also goes to the extent of, I can amputate your arm if you have gangrene or something, or I can, you know, I can go to the lengths of what a real surgeon would do. But keep in mind during the middle e medieval to middle age times, these barber surgeons were they were either illiterate some of them most of them were not formally trained so you can see where it's it, that's where it started and it's like now you you fast forward they're not barber surgeons anymore that would be pretty messed up if you ask me <laughs> but <laughs> i would say now we're we're more of like a barber therapist you know like a pseudo therapist like someone that hasn't have had any formal training in therapy but coming from my perspective it's almost like we are doing therapy just through our, our talking or just through the haircut you know the hair wash the styling it's all therapeutic in a sense yet not formally trained to be a therapist yeah and i honestly think like especially hearing how you said that you know some people might have used you and you might have even been hurt in that environment, you know, um, of you doing what you do, I can't even imagine how that must feel, how the pressure must feel, you know, when you're you're cutting someone's hair and you're you're having to literally deal with that person's, like that person's bullshit. Uh, sorry for a lack of words, but you know, you have like sometimes people will open up, and you know, I've I've been blessed to have you and Devin to really be able to. Uh, I can express kind of some of the daily struggles that I'm going through without you guys judging me and you guys give me your own personal feedback on it. And, you know, I can come in the next time and still feel comfortable talking to you. It's not like, oh, well, Vince told me something weird last time about what he's going through. Right. But that like one that I think that's empowering because that shows how how much an impact a barber can have in someone's life but it's also a lot of pressure but uh, from your perspective what do you think like have you studied therapy like what are your thoughts on how you how have you've you've approached it as a therapist well it's funny because um you talk about like dealing with people's bullshit mm -hmm. right and you know all of us reach a breaking point and there's actually a term used for that it's called compassion fatigue so mm -hmm. what it is is you when you reach a point like you know oh jimmy you you cheated on your girlfriend with your wife whatever right like we hear those kinds of stories like all the day right all all, all the time sorry but when you when you always have to listen and and learn about their their um their problems try to understand it and then try to give feedback that's really draining from client to client to client to client that can drain you and 
you know, coming from me, it, it's happened to me. Like I've, I've reached a point, um, you know, during a day where I just, I, sometimes I just lose it. Like I, I just lose that. I lose the feeling of compassion towards them. I lose the feeling of, you know, sympathy, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and yes, it's an issue, but the, the problem is sometimes it's, it's not our fault that it happens. And sometimes it's not always the client's fault that it happens. You know, maybe I was just hungry. Maybe I was just thirsty. Maybe I was just standing too long or didn't have a break. But dealing, usually dealing with clients, like, for example, you, Vince, 100% fine. Like, we're, we're so friendly and open and welcoming that we're willing to listen to you. We're willing to, to understand and we're willing to, to give the advice that we may give, whether it be correct or incorrect. Um, because that's what's, that's what's going to make you feel good. That's what's going to make the client feel like they're important, th that they're valued. Mm. Yeah, that's, I think that's huge. And uh, I don't, again, I don't want to, toot my own horn here but i think one of the things that probably brought you that sense of comfort and maybe danilo you can kind of bounce back and forth with this idea but i walked in there understanding that you guys go through sh stuff as well like you guys are human beings and one thing i absolutely admired about devin in particular was his hustle like the fact that he you know i remember when uh his uh, his girlfriend was uh, pregnant and she was you know uh, about to uh, to to give birth to Alex. Um, <laughs> it was um, it was just awesome to watch him because like you could tell that like if you're a barber you have no sick days like you have no sick days you can't just call mm -hmm. in sick and mm -hmm. say I'm not going to cut your hair because not only are you telling yourself you're not going to cut hair because you're not getting the money because there is no vacation pay there is no well, from what I know, at least, okay. unless you're hired into like a company kind of thing. Um, but the yep. way you guys have it set up per chair kind of thing, there is no time off. But also you're impacting all these other people's lives, you know. Exactly. 100%. And you don't show up once that person goes to another barber. You lost that client. So because mm -hmm. they might have a better experience at another barber shop. So I really admired Devin because you could tell he was tired. He was drained. And I would ask. <laughs> I'm not the typical like uh, city uh, Asian person, not to give any stereotypes, but <laughs> I come from the country, French background, Japanese background. I came in there asking Devin all sorts of weird questions. And he, <laughs> like, I'd be like, yo, bro, what do you think about, you know, uh, if uh, this girl, and you, you can tell the guy just, he's like, bro, I just want to get through my day. You know, it's like five five thirty PM. <laughs> I've been grinding since 10. Um, and yeah, like even if he was like I, yeah, I I really admired that. So I thought that it was, is really important to to show that, you know, you guys are also going through stuff. So I, whenever I'd walk into the barber shop, I would always, you know, come in with empathy. And I I think to go back on my point where you felt maybe comfortable with me because I went in and asked about your problems. You know, I'd always ask about your mm -hmm. girlfriend. How's your girlfriend doing? How's your family doing? Yep. Um, you know, exactly. I, I found out about um, this. Uh, I keep forgetting the name, this uh, not disease that you have, but um, uh, that thing you and Mark have, I keep forgetting, but. Um, oh, gout. Gout. Yeah. Gout. <laughs> Sorry. I keep forgetting, but you know, you, oh, you, gout. You, you guys have gout and you guys are barbers. You guys have to stand all day long and, you know, if I just come in here and just treat you guys like, like, as if you guys are fine, like, no, like, even though I expect that experience coming into MBS, just because I've had such positive experience, that doesn't mean that, like, you know, you guys are 100% going to be there all the time. And, you know, I, I, I want to communicate and be, be as much of a support to you guys when I'm going in as well. But um, I don't want to drag on too much. I think I talked a lot, but I don't know if you got thoughts on that, Danilo. Uh, well, I actually wanted to touch back on like the whole compassion burnout thing, mm. right? Because uh, I can yeah. actually relate to that because I used to be in nursing, right? Uh, I'm not in it right. anymore. Uh, I actually, one of the reasons that I couldn't stand it anymore was part of that compassion burnout, like going from patient to patient to patient, um, having to research people's lives and like literally, um, you know, actually learn about a person condition head to toe and then offer them service in probably one of the most difficult moments of their lives, right? Um, 
And uh, I definitely um, experienced compassion. Well, I said compassion burnout, but it's compassion fatigue. Almost fatigue. the same thing. Yeah. Uh, but it's really interesting with the barber, uh, with the barber mentality too, because um, you're kind of interacting with people at, um, you know, um, at a point where you're there to, like, I, I was interacting with people at the point where I'm trying to save their lives and you're um, interacting with them at a point where you're going to improve their quality of life, essentially. And so much of that is reliant on relationship building, you know? And, I mean, you know, at least for you guys, at least you, go, you don't have to, like, take it home every single day. Like, Vince doesn't come in and, like, you know, pour out everything. <laughs> and then you, you're just lying awake at night staring at the ceiling just like, man, that thing Thinking that Vince told Vince. me is weighing really hard on me kind of thing, you know? But you guys, uh, I just have to, I mean, I'm, my, com- my what I'm getting at here is, like, I have a real kind of admiration mm-hmm. for the fact that you are um, really absorbing what people are having to go through. Um, and, and I'm not saying that, like, you know, versus, like, the hospital setting, right? Because um, their problems are immediate and solvable, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, like, their conditions are there to be taken care of at the moment. But you're invested in the long term. Uh, with your clients, I mean, and that's the whole thing, relationship building too. Like, you know, building a successful relationship with your client means that they're going to keep coming back to you. And maybe on your sick days, they're going to be like, no, I got to get my haircut with Marvin no matter what. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, yeah, no, I just, sorry. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say like, not, not to get like, not to get me wrong, but um, talk about, you know, talk about your life, right? Like for me personally, I feel like I've reached a certain like conditioning to it so it's like i haven't really experienced that compassion fatigue i have experienced it but not in my recent days because i feel like the more clients you see the more the more stories that are being told the more interest you see in it and it's more or less like I'm not trying to just get through this haircut because I don't know what I'm doing. So I got to <laughs> listen and I got to do this haircut that, cause that's where I used to be. Right. I used to yeah. struggle. I used to take some hours to do a haircut and having to listen to them talk for hours. It's yeah. hard, but you know, now I can happily say I've shortened my times to around 45 minutes to an hour given give or take. And I can, I can really give feedback. I can really listen and understand and I can put myself in their shoes and, and kind of say what, say my piece on a few things here Mm. and there. Yeah, man. It truly, it truly is an art form. Like you're, you're balancing psychology, Mm. sociology, um, like your own craft, um, you know, and you're doing it long term, like with all your clients Mm. while, but also at the, but at the same time, again, when going back to environment, you actually get to do it in a place that feels like home though. So that's pretty cool. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking yeah, I'm. I'm curious. What, what kind of impact do you have? Do you think you have on people's mental health? Whether like, do you think you're able to positively improve their life? Are you able to? Do you think what you're doing sometimes can have a negative impact? What are your thoughts on that? Um, to be completely honest, I feel like being a barber and in relation to mental health for the client, I feel like. I'm really powerful in that aspect and not to take that negatively, but just, just going to throw an example out there. I can give the most, the most amazing haircut and the person who's sitting in my chair can feel 1000 times better. It's exactly the saying goes, look good, feel good. At the same time, I can accidentally give that guy a bald spot. And now his mental health has gone from all the way up here to down here in, you know, just like that. And I'm going to be, I'm going to be real. It's happened to me. Like I've buzzed, I've accidentally buzzed a bald spot into someone's head and I've openly admitted it. And although it's, it's a sucky feeling that I had to, you know, give them that haircut free of charge and whatever, he's now a returning client because it wasn't just the haircut. It was the experience mm. that, that really brought it all together. Mm. So all in all, I feel like I have the power to really build someone's confidence and I have the power to really take someone's confidence away. But of course, the latter I, I, or the more positive <laughs> side, of course. I, I, I would always <laughs> love to, to build more confidence in my clients. And, and with that, it's, it's more so 
you know, give them the best haircut experience that you can. You know, a really nice head, like he uh, head massage. Um, really, like, don't be so heavy with your clippers. Don't jab them in the head. I've done that as well. Um, and, you know, listen to them. Talk to them. Let them say what's on their mind if they don't want to talk. That's that's cool with me too. But superficially, give them the most amazing haircut experience. And it always starts with that. Mm. That's sick. Respect your barbers, guys. I mean, you might get a hair, you might get a bald spot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think what I especially like about what you just mentioned is, you know, when I came in for my haircut last time, you asked me what was what was the worst part about having, you know, such long hair. Because I I personally think I look terrible. Some people would argue, but um, I didn't really like having that long hair, especially in the back area. It was you know, I showed you and you, you, yeah, you know, that's like the throw up emoji. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I, you asked me like, what was the, what was the hardest part? And I told you the mental aspect, because to me, I think like the biggest part of being a, like, obviously this from my perspective, but the biggest impact you have is not only just the haircut. Cause that's almost like expected, you know, as you mentioned, you know, give that, give the best haircut that you can have so that at least they have that standard that they're they can go exactly. up from but exactly. you know i also feel like one of the biggest parts the biggest impact you have is really through the communication through the talking and um because they may not have any because people typically don't necessarily go to therapists all the time like it's not as nope. as popular as out there so the only therapist that they might be seeing is their barber. So I feel like that to me is like one of the biggest impact mm. a barber can truly have on someone's life. I mean, I'm, I don't want to diss exactly. the haircut aspect because I think that's important, but I think that communication is also super important in my opinion. Agreed. Yeah. Okay. Um, so before, again, we mentioned we mentioned a little bit about how mental health has been, you know, something that a barber can have an impact on, but I'm just wondering what has been your journey with mental health? What, how have you, cause everyone has their own story. I don't know if you want to talk about it, a little bit about that. Oh, no, it's fine. Um, my journey with mental health. So, um, I'd say sometimes even to this day, I, I can suffer from depression. I can suffer from anxiety. Um, where it stems from, I, you know, I, I, I couldn't really tell you the, the, the true origin, but what I can say is I've lost a lot of people and that to me, that doesn't just mean death. It doesn't, it doesn't just mean, you know, uh, someone passing, uh, what it means is someone who's really close to you just doesn't want anything to do with you anymore. And, and in that sense, it makes you feel alone. And that's where my, I feel like my depression stemmed from. Um, what sucked about it was you feel like you lose yourself in it. And when you lose yourself in general, you lose everything else that's in sight. So not only does it affect your mental health, it, it affects your self-development. You feel like you're just not good enough mm. to reach a certain standard that someone may look upon you or it may not even reach your standard because you don't have that anymore you, you've lost yourself right um and i'll even touch uh touch on the fact that you know i used to self-harm and like i'm not proud of it but i i show my scars very happily because i'm not afraid to talk about it anymore um it's it's not something that really tears me down anymore it's really something that builds me up i love to talk about what i've been through because i feel like my experiences can help others who may have gone through something similar something worse and if i can at least help that one person by saying that that's amazing to me um but all in all like getting to where i am now yes it was difficult but oh man like I couldn't tell myself, you know, five, ten years ago that I'm going to be this happy. And wow, it's it's liberating, you know, it's it's it feels so, you know, like 
I'm getting freed from my chains kind of deal. Like I can take on anything in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's such a confidence booster in saying that, like for me be, to be able to say that I am happy. I am really happy to be where I am today compared to where I was back then. Mm. Well, first of all, thanks thanks for sharing that. That's one super vulnerable and not necessarily the easiest thing to share, even though you might have been comfortable with it it's i'm sure it's not like the first thing you want to talk about um you know on a podcast but what are some of the things from your perspective do you think that might have contributed to that change so like you know going from a very depressed negative state to now being able to say that you're happy and you're comfortable with life the first step for me was and this can be different for everyone but for me it was since i was feeling alone find someone who makes you feel like you're not alone and i went to counselors at my school and i I went to to various friends and family and you know they they can say as many everything is going to be okay as much as they want but it truly will never be you know um it will, it will truly never, it'll never feel like they're actually there until you feel that inside. So my first step was talking to a counselor and all of a sudden out of the blue, just talking to this one counselor, you know, I would sit down to watch a basketball game or whatever, just by myself, teachers would approach me and they wouldn't even talk to me about depression. They wouldn't even talk to me about any kind of mental health. They'll just ask me about my day. They'll just ask me about how I'm doing, how are things in life, how's so-and-so, how's basketball, how's exercising, things like that. When you get to, when you get past the line of, yes, there's a problem, but not talking about the problem, there's a significant change of like resolving that problem. Because if I were to go to, for example, let's say you, Vince, and let's say you were dealing with depression. If I were to just bombard you with, oh, go, 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 go see a counselor or everything's going to be okay. Don't worry. But I don't really care about what's actually going on in your life. I would find that pretty annoying. If you ask Mm. me, I wouldn't feel like it's a true help. I would feel Mm. like it's almost just an annoyance, like get out of my face. Like I'll just deal with this on my own. It almost makes me feel even more alone. So the fact that all these teachers, all these friends, family members are coming up to me and they're, they're actually talking to me about how, like what I'm feeling rather than what I should be feeling. That's where things really started to change. And that's where I saw that I'm really not alone in this. I can, I can see that people actually want me to stick around. They want me to, to be who I am. And they're not, they're not afraid to, um what's the word they're not afraid to to express themselves in order for me to express myself i really like that Mm. they're not afraid to express themselves in order for you to express themselves um that's something i don't think i've heard before and uh if i could mount that as a motivational quote (laughs) on my wall i think i would um Just to touch on that, man, like, you know, just the fact that you came in here and you said, I can say that I'm happy, man, that makes me happy just hearing that. And like, you know, like we literally just met like a couple of like a week ago, right? Yeah, Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think I think it's really powerful what you just mentioned, because one of the things I've noticed with, you know, making this podcast, which is, you know, focused on mental health and having you know, having to go out to people and actually talk about my problems, because I never wanted to talk about my problems. I feel like, you know, I walk into MBS, you know, like I said, I'm already thinking you guys have your own stuff going on. I don't want to add to that. Right. But I, I've been noticing with a lot of people that the more I open up about mine, my issues and what I'm going through, the more they're willing to open up to me. And I think that that's something I've experienced mm. with you personally, where, you know, I come in and you're like, hey, how's your day going? Instead of just being like, oh, it's good. You know, I'm, I'm just working and just doing some shoots. You know, I I would typically tell you, you know, like it's it's been a little bit hectic the last three weeks. You know, we just came out of Arctic vor- Vortex and 
have been feeling really overwhelmed and busy and you know, I don't know if I can handle all this. And you'd be like, oh, really? Like, you were like, yeah, like, you know, my family's been going through this too. And like, we would really get into these conversations. But I feel like breaking that barrier of me opening up and obviously not me just like pouring out everything and just starting to cry in mm. front of you, I don't think it's the right approach. But uh, tastefully sharing a little bit of what I've been going through and being super vulnerable, I think probably invites a little bit of that. Um, so I think that's super powerful what you just mentioned of like, the quote, sorry, Danilo, if you can come through with that quote. Expressing yourself for me to express yeah, myself. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> exactly that. So, like, allowing people to express themselves by expressing yourself, you know, by by you taking that first step, I think, is, is super huge. Mm-hmm. Um, so, that's, that's pretty powerful. I, just to chime in one more time, mm-hmm. uh, that little point that you had mentioned, too, about, um, you know, how people, like, people telling you what you should be feeling versus, like, you know, going out and doing something about what you're feeling, right? Um, Just to contrast things, um, Vince has mentioned he's the kind of person who doesn't like to talk about his problems. I'm the kind of person who used to love talking about his problems all the time. It's (laughs) like I went, I used to go to a lot of people, uh, actually, a lot of my closest friends, uh, and I can relate to the whole, you know, losing a close friend and kind of losing yourself because it feels like you're basically losing a chunk of your investment of yourself into another person, right? so, I mean, in the past, I yeah, I used to go to a lot of people. But my problem was that I didn't do anything about mm. my problems. I would just I would just toss it out there. People would give me advice and I was just like, "Nah, I just, you know, I didn't I didn't really move forward in terms of like uh so it so it was just like a vicious cycle of like repeatedly, you know, you know, spouting out like problem after problem after problem and uh again like um i'm a firm right now i'm a very firm believer in you know people can give you the best advice uh that they could possibly give but if you're not in the right mindset to receive it and do anything about it then nothing is going to happen right um so i thought that was like a really also interesting point that you touched on because again like you need to be able to receive um the help as well in order to help yourself yeah, and I'll also add to that, like, just exactly what you said, like, you, you can't help someone that doesn't want to be helped. Mm-hmm. Um, what I find really interesting, though, is just comparing, like, let's say, for example, how I was when I when I went to people for advice, exactly like your like uh, your situation, you know, you you went to a lot of people, they give you almost the same advice, you never really follow it, because Sometimes it helps, sometimes it doesn't. But what I found that is when I started to empower myself and gain that confidence, when I would ask the same people the exact same question, that same advice almost just went from one ear just out the other. Like I did not listen to it because when you gain that confidence, you know what you have to do already. It's almost mm-hmm. like you're just wasting time, you know, asking people for the, for advice, right? It's like if if I know what I have to do, why should I have to talk to anyone about it? I can just do it myself. Right. And I feel like that's super empowering. That's it's when you get to that level of confidence, when you get to that level of, I can do it. I don't have to, I don't have to tell anyone about my problems anymore. I don't have to rely on anyone to be my backbone. I can, I can be my own backbone. I can support myself a hundred percent. And then the narrative then switches for, from you, complaining about your problems so then all of a sudden now you can come to people and tell them about how you overcame them which is why you're here too exactly you know Mm. exactly yeah yeah i mean that's interesting because i feel like i have lived most of my life thinking you know i didn't need other people's advice but then i think i was trying to battle also a little bit of that ego mentality where it wasn't necessarily because it was true it was just me not wanting it uh not wanting to admit that position but that's a whole other podcast episode. I'm not going to dive into that. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's that's super powerful that you're you're able you were able to find that build that confidence, um, you know, through through and have that assertiveness of who you are and your ability to tackle problems and the challenges that life throws to you. So uh, that's 100. Yeah, that's sick. I think that's something I'm personally working on for sure. Um, <laughs> I want to kind of redirect the conversation back to kind of barbers and stuff like that. And I'm going to try to make this a little bit of a conversation between the three of us. 
what does a haircut represent to you? Because even though you're a barber, you obviously get your own haircut as well. Um, I'm pretty sure it's most of the time it's Devin who's cutting your hair. But right. what does that represent to you? Like, what does a haircut represent or mean to you? How do you think that impacts your life? Oh, man. For me, for me, it's it's just it's a look good feel good just as i said earlier like when i when i look good and i look at myself in the mirror because that's one of the first things that i see in the morning or first things that i see when i wake up when i see that i'm looking fresh man i could tackle the Mm. world that's what a haircut is to me that's just superficially what a haircut means to me is when i look good damn i can do good Mm -hmm. yeah i uh I second that motion. Go ahead, D. Oh, I was just going to say, um, for me, a haircut has a little more at stake than other than just getting a new look because one of the things that I deal with is I have eczema, right? And so I have, uh, and it's particularly intense in the back of my neck. And so, like, for example, I can't, when my hair grows out, I can't properly moisturize, like, you know, the skin there, right? So, um, you know, getting a haircut means, oh, shoot, I can take care of that skin again. And because, like, when my hair grows out and I can't access that, like, it becomes a whole world of problems, you know. Like, that skin remains dry. Like, uh, if my skin is dry, I don't feel confident in myself, that kind of thing. I mean, at the end of the day, like, health-wise, it's a hygiene thing. And, like, I mean, like, um, I know, like, for me, I love, like, the I love, like, in any situation where I come out and I'm groomed and all that stuff, I feel good about it. But I also feel like, you know, confidence-wise, yeah, it's true. Like, you you feel like you can tackle the world again. And for me, like, again, not only does a haircut mean I'm getting a new look, but my skin gets a chance to breathe. So there's, like, you know, that aspect of it, too. But again, like like I said earlier, like, you know, um, (laughs) your body, like, so much of your fate, like, lies in your barber's hands, right? So... And you know what, like the people that have cut my hair for the most part, I feel like I've selected my barbers pretty well. Uh, and so I'm, I'm pretty like, there ain't like, there's so many barbers, like the, my, the guy that cuts my hair now, Joel, right? Joel and I talk. Um, I can literally be like, you know what? I'm going to leave it in your hands. Give me what you think is good. And I don't have a shred of doubt that he's going to make me look good. Like, uh, even if like, even if he gave me like a haircut that didn't make any sense, which he's done before, <laughs> um, you know? I can still like have that confidence in him and it, because he, he is the confidence in himself that he's going to make me look good, you know? So it's like, we're kind of playing off each other's kind of confidence kind of thing. You know what I mean, hmm. yeah, that's, that's a haircut to me, man. That's uh yeah, it's like the whole, the, like the psychological aspect and the health and grooming aspect, you know? It's interesting how you, I want to give my two cents on what I feel like a haircut is because I feel like I don't necessarily ha- didn't grow up with the traditional, you know, I, I was telling you guys that, I used to just get a buzz buzz cut. I think that was until I was 17 or 18 years old. I just get a buzz cut. Um, I didn't really care about fashion. You know, most of my clothing came from Valley Village when I was growing up. And it wasn't really something that I particularly invested in. And I didn't really see it as a depiction of who I was either. That being said, growing older, um, going into university, I, I had to interact with more people and... I started seeing people, quote unquote, judge me for my appearance, whether it was my hair, whether it was my clothing. And it just started feeling a little bit uncomfortable to show up in certain environments, not being, not blending in with people, not having the same clothing, not having the same haircut kind of thing. But, you know, so I, I became very... Um, how do you, how, what's the word? Like, not spiteful, but I became very, um, it just became very negative to me. Like, ah, oh, people are just trying to look good all the time. Like, it's what the media wants. You know, I just became very negative. I would, like, trash that down, and I would, like, try not to do that as much as possible. I never really, you know, dived into it. But I think, to me, that's why, like, to me, MBS is so so empowering because it's it's not even just about the haircut. It's about the person who gave me the haircut. It's about how I got mm. that haircut, the process of, you know, booking it online and, you know, going to see people and having that conversation with a person and coming out feeling fresh physically and mentally. You know, it's not just just a haircut to me. Like, to me, 
yeah, obviously, like, I felt terrible with such long hair. And, you know, the day after I got my haircut, I started sending snaps to all these girls of me, you know, hey, haircut, haircut, just kidding. Um, but, you know, bef before the haircut, I, I told Danilo, like, I didn't want to go to the mall because, you know, I was, like, fully, you know, like, hair full of, like, head full of hair. And, like, I showed up at the mall and I had my hood up, you know, and I just didn't feel comfortable. But afterwards, it's, like, day and night snapped right away. But I also think that my experience of getting a haircut, I think, is also something I take very seriously. And I always appreciate you guys at MBS because I always come out of there feeling cleansed, not to sound too cliche. But, uh, Yo, <laughs> cleansed. Yeah. Uh, this actually makes me feel like I haven't, like, I mean, I already respect barbers a lot. Mm. But, like, I already feel like now I'm beginning to change my mindset. I'm like, man, you guys are super undervalued. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you, <laughs> you know, like, you got the therapy part. You have, like, the grooming part. Uh, I mean, I watched Vince get, like, a freaking hand, hand massage. Hand massage, stuff like, like last time. <laughs> That was pretty sick. And, and, I mean, like, I mean, most people pay freaking 40 bucks an hour to go to therapy, that sort of thing, right? And then here you got this all-in-one package. Like, you know, for like probably less than 50 bucks happening. I mean, like, geez, like I'm thinking of it this way, right? Like, uh, you know, people complain because like I grew up getting my haircut at Connie's, right? So everybody knows, you know, going for like less than $15 haircut and you're like, you're in and out, you're G for like a while, right? But now I think about it, I'm like, man, like I hear people complain that 30 bucks is too expensive for a haircut. I'm like, why are you complaining about 30 bucks going in for a haircut? when you're going in for an experience that's going to make you feel like a million dollars. You know what I mean? Exactly. Mm. Right. So, I mean, props to you guys, props to all the barbers out there, especially like this generation of barbers who are more about the experience and the relationship and about the cuts too, because obviously that's something that has improved drastically over the years. Right. But yeah, shout out to you guys for kind of providing that. Like, again, super undervalued. And I'm just kind of like coming to that realization right now. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i again i want to don't want to drag this on too much but i just made the calculation right now you're spending about like a grand a year on a barber you know you're spending about like 900 dollars, give or take how much you go how often you get your hair cut but to most people that's a significant amount of money like that's an investment and that's why to me it's one supporting people that i believe in but also going there for an experience that's not just a good haircut that's not just you know in and out type of scenario and building a relationship and the fact that you know you and i can off camera outside of the barbershop can call each other friends and hopefully we can go for drinks although you can't with your gout so i still have those white make something work. i have those i still have those white claws for you here white claws <laughs> but um you know the fact that we can actually have this relationship i think is super something i value a lot and uh i really appreciate uh, about mbs so uh that's kind of again to wrap up the the whole thing of a haircut isn't just a haircut it's so much more no love to hear it and that's exactly what what we intend to do right it's we're more than just barbers mm -hmm. and i'm not saying that we're just barber therapist or whatever just know that we're more than just barbers we're still human beings and we want to give you not just the best experience but we want to elevate your life in some way shape or form and hearing you guys you know talk about um your experiences blessed blessed appreciate you brother okay um considering we're in a pandemic right now and the impact that uh, we kind of touched on that a barbershop can kind of have on the community individually, but overall, what do you think that, what kind of impact MBS has had to Winnipeg, you know, during the pandemic, maybe even before, you know, what are your thoughts on that? Well, for one, I feel like during the pandemic, it's, even though it's, it's been super tough for some people, mentally, physically, emotionally like just some people um don't like being inside and one thing that we offer is come out and say hi you know we're we're always open just for people to come in say what's up you know talk to someone uh we're always we're always here with open arms and when it comes to even just the literal sense we have a pretty high store capacity um we can have plenty of people come in and um you know give you guys a good experience um and then otherwise in terms of the pandemic for us 
we were using it to grow. Um, we started a book club and we started reading and we were just finding ways to elevate ourselves in order to elevate our clients, you know, elevate their experiences. So not only are we giving back to the community in that sense, um, we're giving back to us, you know, we're continuing our education, making sure that we're not uh, falling behind mm. during the pandemic. That's, that's awesome. Do you feel like, uh, I mean, like, you know, uh, bar or like the salons and all that stuff haven't been open or uh, reopened for all that much long, right? But do you feel like when things open back up, has it been kind of like business as usual or is there some sort of like uh, new sort of like ambience or energy in terms of like how like your communities come back to you uh, now that you can cut again? no real change i would surprisingly um i'd say initially yeah like there was this kind of there was sort of this cloud you can say this this haze this uncertainty that you know it's like i have to watch out what i do because you know one mm -hmm. mistake and it's like someone might be watching and all of a sudden the shops shut down because right. of you know a health risk or something but you know otherwise just as you said, business as usual. The one thing that a lot of us miss, though, is competing on the PS4 <laughs> and, you know, playing 2K against each other. And, you know, we, we find time from here from uh, here and there. But uh, otherwise, like, the clients, the staff, you know, everyone is really happy to, to be back. And it just seems like another day. That's sick. It really goes kind of shows, like, how consistent the... the your community has stayed mm -hmm. despite uh, despite uh, everything that's happening, hey? Exactly. That's sick, that's sick. All right, um, we could probably talk forever and I have a few uh, have a few kind of um, quick, quick answer questions. But before we ask those, uh, where can people find you? I am at MBS, uh, MBS Barbershop, just based off of St. James. Um, if you find, you can just Google us, MBS Barbershop. My name is Marvin, but um, honestly, personally, like I'm, I'm happy if you just come by, like book with anyone. It doesn't have to be me, but of course it'll help me if you book with me. <laughs> but um, no, we'd, we'd love to see you. MBS Barbershop, 1255 St. James. It's, pr it's a pretty big sign. It's hard to miss. All right. And mm -hmm. if someone wants to reach out to you online, where can they find you? I am on Instagram. Um, just go, uh, Instagram. Uh, you can email me. I mean, that primary thing is just uh, Instagram. I mean, that's my portfolio of where I get, have my haircuts, my business info, phone number if you want to do booking. And that's at Marvin Barillo. Perfect. Sweet. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely have the links below. Um, really quick fire questions. Um, really quick as we wrap this up what's one aspect of mental health that you have struggled with mm, one aspect of mental health that i've struggled with mm, i would say consistency it's there's something called i gotta look at it here there's something called the yerkes dodson law and it's basically it's a graph that shows a u mm -hmm. like this so basically on one side it shows you're doing too little, sleep, kind of you're bored. And the other side is you're way too stressed, you're panicking. But right up here is, you know, the optimal performance, right? I've been teetering on both sides. Mm. Um, I'd say lately because when the pandemic, like, or when the lockdown ended, I was kind of in the panic mode, right? Like, oh my God, I got to get clients booked in now, 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 now. Mm. And then now that things are kind of easy, it's like, now I'm like, how do I, how do I get up to that optimal performance if I don't have a client in my chair? And I think that's the main struggle that I have. And it, it takes a hit on my mental because, you know, I also have bills to pay and I also have, have to keep in check of my life. And right. if I can't do that, it, it really hurts my mental, but all things aside, I'm still really happy to be where I am. I'd rather be in this position than, you know, where I was. Right, right. 
Uh, second question, a quick fire question. What's one tip that you would give someone when it comes to mental health? I would say don't give up. Um, mm. I, I mentioned this quote in the form that I filled out. Everything will be okay in the end. If it's not okay, it's not the end. And I, it speaks really loud to me because it felt like nothing was okay. And I kept pushing. I, you know, like there was times where I just, I couldn't do it anymore, but I just said, screw it. Like, let me just try to keep pushing on. Maybe someone or something can motivate me to do, you know, to take the step from rock bottom because that's where I was. I was, I was down low. So the one thing I could say is just, just keep trying to find purpose. Love that. Super powerful. All right. Keep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, last question. Why is mental health important to you? Mental health is important to me because that's kind of the driver, um, of my life. Um, it it goes hand in hand with self-development if if you're not believing in yourself if you're not 100 percent confident in yourself i don't think there's any way that you can be the best version of yourself without your mental health in check um some people just really neglect it like for example my parents you know they didn't believe that mental health was a real thing and that's growing up in a filipino household you know you can't really go to them for your problems sometimes because they don't believe that that's a mm. thing that to to really be concerned about um so yeah like uh yeah we'll end it at that love that love that um marvin <laughs> we uh we could probably talk to you for hours um and uh regardless of the the little hiccups that we had at the beginning of the podcast uh <laughs> i think uh personally i really enjoyed the conversation i I really liked uh, a lot of the things you said and relate to a lot of the things that you mentioned. Um, and it's cool to see uh, from a barber's perspective um, kind of how mm. you see oh, yeah. how you can impact and people's lives and even their mental health or the way that they see themselves. So I think that was super powerful. Mm. I appreciate you. Dinalo, I don't know if you have any other last words. No, nah, man, I just want to say thank you for joining us on Coffee Chat. Like, it was an experience uh, meeting you in person. It was an experience having you on the pod. Uh, considering that like you and Vince have been friends for quite some time and I just recently met you uh, it was great to see your insight on the whole barber game and like the mental aspect of it it was really enjoyable for me so awesome all right appreciate your brother we're gonna let you do your thing um, if you guys haven't uh, already go check out my boy Marvin if you guys are in Winnipeg go get your cuts from him uh, him and pretty much as he mentioned anyone at MBS do a phenomenal job um, so definitely go check them out um, you can also find him on Instagram as well. If you haven't already, also consider subscribing to our YouTube channel. Check us out on Spotify if you want to listen to more podcasts, more insightful uh, minds like Marvin here. Uh, drop a like, drop a comment if you've had an experience with a barber that's positive or negative, or what are your thoughts on, you know, what is a haircut? What does that rep represent to you? Um, even the ladies, if you guys want to chime in, you know, it's been three guys talking on here, but I'm sure that, you know, there's, uh, there's a whole aspect that we kind of didn't even touch on when it comes to haircuts and, uh, all the, the hair dying and everything and all those things that, um, well, men do as well, but, you know, women will do maybe a little bit more frequently than, than us. Um, well, me personally, at least. I've never dyed my hair, so can't really speak for that. But, yeah, feel free to drop a comment and let us know what you think. And uh, with that, I will leave you boys, and uh, we'll see you guys in the next one. Cheers. All right. Cheers, boys. Cheers.